Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili, boy, is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. Just so you know, we're watching the weather with great intensity. Not that we can do anything about it, but you know we shift gears at the Fresh Chili Company once there's been a deep freeze. Then the harvest of chili, which has lasted 120 to 140 days, is done for this year. And after all that work, there's the effort to see what worked best and what needs to be changed for the next year. Yes, my friends, there's always next year for chili farmers. And what do I, Michael Swickard, know for sure? Each and every year, the chili gets better and better and better because that's the way plant research at New Mexico State University and chili research in general does. It's also onions, pecans, and other crops. Now, today is Friday, October 27th, 2023. What do I know for certain? There is lots and lots of data on plants that's being sifted through and worked as I speak to you. It's the way it was a hundred years ago when Fabian Garcia was leading the research in Chile, along with onion, cotton, and pecans. The chili was, how should I say back then, it was way, way too hot for people who had just arrived in New Mexico. As they said then, it burnt them down, and they didn't want seconds from whatever you were cooking. So Fabian Garcia and some more researchers came up with a chili that had the good flavor, the good green chili flavor, but it was not as hot. So the tender mouths coming here to New Mexico, they could enjoy it. It was called New Mexico Number no. 9. It was the first of many, many varieties of chili, and the rest is history. <clears throat> Let's talk about New Mexico history. Let's talk about New Mexico scams. I like scams. Not if they had happened to me or anything. The most famous scam in the West was called the Great Diamond Hoax of 1872. It was a swindle of epic proportions involving New Mexico and many other Western states. To really understand what happened, we have to introduce you to the notion of salting. Salting, yes. No, not salt on your fries or salt on your popcorn. No, salting was something else because you took some valuable whatever it was and you put it on the ground, making it seem like that ground was holding untold riches. <clears throat> now, it all started in 1871 when a couple of well-known prospectors went to San Francisco and they started talking about a diamond mine out west worth more than the crown jewels of Queen Victoria. Now, that's a lot. Now, in this swindle, you have to have money to make money. They had a bag full of diamonds, which they showed around and then stored in a vault in the Bank of California. The founder of the bank was interested in this story of the diamond mine. Nobody else had one, and he wanted to be the firstest with the mostest diamonds. Yes, that's what he said. To understand the mentality of these swindlers, you must reflect on W.C. Fields much later saying, it's morally wrong to allow a sucker to keep his money. That's the way they felt about it. Investors were found and they went to an area in what was the Colorado Territory before it became a state. 
from the train tracks that was somewhere near there, they rode horses in circles for four days to confuse the investors until they arrived upon the very secret location with the salted diamonds. The swindlers showed a whole field with lots and lots of gems that they loudly said were worth 150000 of those $1,872. Michael Swicker here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. Hit subscribe if you'd like to get these automatically. We're talking about one of the great crimes of New Mexico and other western states where unsuspecting investors lost their money to swindlers who salted, that is, threw real diamonds on some land and acted like it was a diamond-rich area worthy of investment. This first swindle in the territory of Colorado started a prospecting craze all over the West in Arizona, Utah, Wyoming, and of course, New Mexico and Colorado. Other swindlers, not the first group that took the money and and ran, as they say, but other ones talked about the great diamond finds near Raton, New Mexico, and my friends, the rush was on. Now, sooner or later, you knew real geologists would be involved with this, and upon investigation, they reported that these diamonds were actually refuse from gem cutting in London. In fact, many were just throwaway diamonds from South Africa. None were worth hardly any money. No one but the swindlers ever got any money, and the two who started it had drifted away. One of the original two was wounded in a a shootout with uh, some rivals in Kentucky, died of pneumonia. But the other, speaking of New Mexico, he went to St. Louis, bought a casket-making company, and moved to White Oaks, New Mexico, where he was an undertaker and casket-maker. He died at age 76 in 1896, when White Oaks was was a boomtown. The diamond craze ended about as quickly as it started since people stopped believing in the hype, so there was no reward for salting any ground with fake diamonds. Just to be sure, there was also silver and gold salting of mining locations with many people being taken in by the salting. Yep, it happened all over. The only thing that stopped much of this was you had to have uh, some real silver, real gold to begin with. Therefore, many were lacking money and that kept some people honest. A little more history in New Mexico. I just mentioned that the above swindler moved to White Oaks, the territory of New Mexico. Now, White Oaks was and is an interesting, almost ghost town. Not quite. It has too many inhabitants to really be a, a ghost town like Shakespeare, New Mexico, but not enough people to have a school or a regular store. It does have a saloon called the No Scum Allowed Saloon, which has an interesting history that connects, are you ready for this, to Major League Baseball's World Series going on tonight between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. You see, Ken Crenshaw, who is from Carrizozo, New Mexico, is the director of sports medicine and performance for the Arizona Diamondback. He is also the grandson of the builder and first owner of the No Scum Allowed Saloon. That was Bud Crenshaw, Robert Bud Crenshaw. This next Monday, I'll talk about Ken Crenshaw. He had a famous father, professional football player Bobby Dan Crenshaw, and his grandfather, Bud 
Bud Crenshaw, who was a sailor on the aircraft carrier the Franklin CV-13, an Essex-class carrier that almost sunk in World War II after Kamikaze attacked March 19, 1945. Eventually, that experience led Bud Crenshaw to build the famous saloon, which featured a large Navy anchor and another large Navy cannon aimed at someone's house. I'll have to tell you that story. Check Monday for these stories. Michael Swickard here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Let's get back to White Oaks, New Mexico. In the early days of the territory of New Mexico, many drifters and prospectors traveled around looking for what was called sign. That's what they were looking for, sign. And that's a trace of gold in a draw somewhere that would lead them to more gold if they went up the draw. Now, New Mexico was a place where some people would hang out because if they went back to civilization, they just might hang by the neck in the gallows for something they had done. So there was a man in New Mexico, the territory of New Mexico, named John Wilson. If we can believe that was his real name, perhaps it was. He was an escapee from prison in Texas for the charge of bank robbery. He saw the sign of gold in an area where he was traveling through and wasn't really interested though he told two other men of the gold trace that he had seen. One was named Winters and the other Harry Baxter. Now, if you go to White Oaks right now, the mountain right uh, right to the north of it is called Baxter Mountain. Does that tell you they were successful? Yes. Within a short time, the gold find was made uh, in everyone's consciousness, and this new mining camp was overrun with tents and people staking claims. By 1880, a post office opened, and most of the buildings by then were made of brick and not tents. Quickly, load gold over about 15 years was producing a lot of money with names like North and South Homestake Mines. For 20 years, there was lots of gold extracted from, there was about 20 mines, in fact, in the area. Again, the homestakes were the big ones. The, the two men, Winters and Baxter, they had already sold out and moved on with 300000 of those 1880s dollars each one. So they did pretty good. Now, White Oaks was the biggest town for many miles and was on the stage line coming in from Lincoln, New Mexico, which was then at that time the county seat. It had newspapers, hotels, sawmills, electric generation plant, and a lot of that drove the gold mines. They had schools, they had a hospital, they had all those things. It had two or 3,000 people living there. There were many businesses, and of course there were saloons and gambling establishment. Then the load gold that they had been extracting kind of ran out. The town contracted a little, and the nail at the end of the town's life was that Charles B. Eddy, he was doing a railroad going north from Alamogordo to Carrizozo and then on up. But he didn't go through White Oaks. He went through Carrizozo and then up to, up to Corona, New Mexico. Now, there was an eight-room, two-story school built. It's still there. If you go there, you get to see it. And from 1910 to 1916, my grandmother, Frida, 
Greenberg and her sister Catherine Greenberg, they both weren't married then, they taught in that school. And that school isn't a school any longer, but they hold dances there and they have a little museum there. It's pretty interesting. Now here's something to think about. What are the unique bests in the United States, parts of New Mexico? So it's best in New Mexico, and I know this is subjective. If you have something for the list, you can email it to me, michael at freshchilico.com, and I'll make a list of New Mexico's best, the very best. I know for certain on the list of the seven wonders of New Mexico would certainly be Carlsbad Caverns and White Sands National Park. We, we could guess those two, but you may have some other ones. So let me know what you think are the most wondrous parts of New Mexico all over from the Four Corners down to Hobbs. Let me know what you think are the most wondrous parts of New Mexico. Email me, Michael at Fresh Chilico, with your suggestions and we'll talk about it more. Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories in New Mexico. I really appreciate the generations of farmers in Hatch, New Mexico that have enabled chili, that's chili with an E, to be the household taste of New Mexico. I mean, it is. While the Fresh Chili Company has lots of great tasting chilies and rubs and stuff like that, there's one more thing I don't know if you've thought about. It has freeze-dried hatch green chili in 3, 6, and 12 packs. What I like about the freeze-dried, I don't know if you've ever gone on walks and stuff and taken some food with you, no refrigeration is needed. It's very convenient. Just add a little water to it, and away you go. You've brought yourself some green chili when you're out hiking. Now, my favorite chili to add to anything, I have to tell you. Anything I'm eating is the 2023 Big Jim Red and Green. It's a combination of red and green Big Jim. It's a Veritol. That's all it is, is Big Jim chili. And it's in a medium heat. Now, I can stand really hot, but I don't really like it as much as I like medium. So 2023 Veritol Big Jim Red and Green. Uh, by far, it's the best thing I've found to add to whatever I'm cooking. And I don't always say that you should try something, but here I'm going to make an exception. Hey, friends, you should try the 2023 Big Jim Red and Green. It is great. Now, one thing happens to people when they live in Las Cruces. They happen to come to our little slice of paradise. They can come by the gift shop at 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7A. It's open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Come by the Fresh Chili Company's gift shop. You can actually pick up jars of 2023 Big Jim Red and Green. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting uh, Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for these podcasts. If you have someone or something you'd like me to talk about, write to me, michael at freshchilico.com. And to see any of these great Tasting things on your website, you can go to freshchilico, all run it together.com. Run it all together, freshchilico.com. Run it together. It's also where you can get all of these podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili's good, more is better, as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now. <music>